Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. God, it's an episode of Please Write In today, isn't it? I know, an episode of Running, Please Write In. And I do feel mm-hmm. like we also need to um, comment on the elephant in the room because I know that we mentioned the fact that you're wearing a beret and I have a Highland cattle behind me. Yes, um, but now we've come towards the end of the podcast I thought maybe we should mention it again because people have just been maybe either listening to this or watching and this and thinking what this. the fuck are they doing and did you know that your beret by the way also comes with a little beauty spot yes I know I've been trying to get it I've been a bit distracted <laughs> actually I've been trying to get it to, to land on my Look at slightly comes off my cheek like it's on my glasses there yeah, I think I my glasses are part of my face I couldn't tell whether it was a fly to begin with, and then I realised it came with the beret. I mean, no, obviously, it in, as as an audio device, that this is not working very well. I'm so sorry. But we've talked about running a lot, haven't we? This, I was literally thinking this. I was like, I hope nobody's bored. Quite the fact that we've sorry. <laughs> this is awful, isn't it? Well, to continue, do you want a letter about running as yes. well? Do it. Yeah. This is a, the Women's Running Podcast, a running special. Insane. Welcome to episode 160 of the Women's Running Podcast. I am your host, Esther Newman, and she is your other host, Holly Taylor. We are both firmly average runners who don't take life or running too seriously. On this podcast, we talk about health, politics, stuff on TV, and what we ate last night. Occasionally, we talk about running. We've had a bazillion technical difficulties and here we are on Zoom, which feels very 2020. As ever, bear with. Holly has had a very exciting week hanging out with the ultra runners in Chamonix. She's had a whale of a time swooning at the stars and enjoying the Courtney superfans and she even ran. And on that subject, we talk a lot in this episode about running. I know, who even are we? 
Next on the list is the London Vitality 10,000, which is quickly going to be upon us. And we want to chat about any worries about pace and to employ our brand new hashtag, Plod Squad. We don't want anyone to feel awful or anxious. We can walk it with you. I also talk about the training sessions I've been doing as part of my marathon training, which have been hugely hard for me, especially so because I've never really done any training like this before. Turns out intervals are tough. And then we're on to stress dreams ahead of races. Ours seem to revolve around missing the start of the race or trying to find a loo. What are yours? Let us know, please, at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk, if only to make sure we don't feel like idiots. By the way, if you love this podcast, and of course you do, there is a way to get more Holly and Esther nonsense, and that's by becoming part of our pod squad on Patreon, where you can get involved in live Zoom calls with us, weekly newsletters, and a chat room all for you. If you're part of our cheer squad, you can watch these podcasts on actual video. Fancy that. Come and join us at Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash women's running. Hol, haven't you always dreamt of crossing that iconic finish line on the mall with Buckingham Palace behind you and a well-earned medal in your grasp? Well, of course, but the 26.2 miles that you've got to run before you get there, not so much. Yeah, fair enough. But I'm not talking about the London Marathon. Did you know that the London Vitality 10,000 finishes on the exact same mile? You can have the same final victory lap without having to run a marathon. As if. Isn't running a 10k still going to be a little bit tricky? I I think 10k runners are meant to be of the speedy variety. Well, yeah, that's true. Some of them are. But if you join our very own Women's Running Wave, we'll be setting off right at the back without any time pressure whatsoever. There'll be space for speedy runners and slow plodders alike. Plus, we'll be starting the race together and supporting each other all the way round. Well, 100% sign me up. And also, quick request, can we have a cold glass of Savvy B afterwards? Oh, most definitely. And not only that, but we'll also be meeting up beforehand in our own special women's running zone where we can all do a little excited wee in our pants together. Sounds bloody brilliant. Head to vitalitylondon10,000.co.uk today and select the Women's Running Wave when you sign up to run with us, as well as hundreds of other brilliant women. Link in the show notes. <laughs> what, this? Yeah. Nice. I mean... Well, <laughs> to let you all know, if you're not watching the video of this recording, uh, we've had an absolute nightmare this morning and yesterday trying to record the pod this is take four or five possibly five Um, or six yeah yeah it's been horrific we're not really sure why it's happening but it's not been working on Zencaster which is what we usually use to record the pod so we're using Zoom back to the old days we used to do this and it (sighs) would be a bit shit but we're hoping that we found a way around sound being shit and to cheer us up um I I have got a filter of that makes turns me into a French beret woman. Nice. It does look really good. Thank you. You do suit a hat, don't you? I the tailors do suit hats in general. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got a cow. Esther's got a cow in her in the background. 
Highland cattle. None, none of your shit. It's not a Frisian rubbish. It's no, it actually looks that looks thoroughbred. This is a proper, you know, hairy, hairy. Number. Best in show. Best in show. Not not one of those cows that would chase you down were you to go into its field. I don't think Highland cattle do that. No, I think they're they're just largely unbothered. They're sort of like yeah. they know that they look great. They're happy. They're confident in themselves. They're too self assured to chase. That's people they're, they're not chasers they're no not chasers. they they're the chased <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just it's so bovine isn't it i mean look at it so mm. handsome so it's very handsome cow very handsome very, very handsome meaty. cow yeah so, so there we go that's yeah. to give you a sort of visual idea of what's going on in the in the studio this morning we needed something to cheer ourselves up, and and actually, well, you 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 were able to give yourself a little tash as well, weren't you? Was I was. Good. I removed the tash, um, yeah. but in favour of the beret because yes. it reminds me of of Pod Squad Paris times. But it reminds me of podcast Paris times. It does. It's so lovely. Well, I've been back in in that neck of the woods over the last few days. You have been in France. We can finally talk about this. Right. Oh, we can finally talk about it. And fingers crossed so far, we can hear each other and everything is fine. So we don't need to play the technical difficulties jingle and everything is all good. Everything's okay. Good. Well, let me tell you because Let's Esther and I haven't caught up for weeks and um, we've everything's been rather exciting. So I've been in Chamonix for UTMB. Oh, da, da, da. It Amazing. was so incredible. I mean, so Chamonix jealous. is gorgeous. It looked I'd never incredible. Been. It was incredible. It was absolutely insane. I loved it. I, I actually, usually, I'm quite a homebody, really. And although I like adventures, I do tend to, after a few days, I tend to be like, right, I quite like my own bed now. I'd like to be back where all my things are and where I feel comfortable and where there's a Morrison's around the corner. It's not a very exciting life. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm quite a homebody and, um, I just, some, I changed on this trip. I fundamentally feel it changed me. I didn't want to come home. I didn't want to <gasps> face reality. I was, I just wanted to live in the mountains forever. Um, it was weird. It was, I was saying that to Doug when I got back and I was like, I feel like I'm a slightly different person coming back from this trip. And he said the only time he's ever experienced that is when he went to Glastonbury mm. that he sort of thought, oh, I feel like a totally different different bloke now and no one I don't think that anybody else who wasn't with me is going to get it sort of thing oh really yeah it, I mean it did look it did look very I mean I know I'm I, I've never been to Chamonix and I have seen lots of pictures of the UTMB before yeah but mostly my concept my the idea of Chamonix to me is skiing and snow yes me too and so when you put stuff up on stories where basically it looked like Heidi kind of. I kept ground. saying that. I knew <laughs> you would get that and think the same. I kept saying it looked like Heidi to not huge sort of reaction to anybody else. But it it looked like Heidi's house, everything. It looked beautiful. Yeah. It was so gorgeous. Yeah, very alpine. Mm. Um, it's also like, I mean, most people maybe know this, but for anyone who doesn't or for any US listeners or listeners outside the outside Europe or whatever it's it's 
really snug in like the UTMB goes through France, Switzerland, and Italy. Because Whoa. yeah, it all crosses over in in the Alps into at that the point. Of, yeah, yes, it's that, the yeah. armpit of European <laughs> holiday destinations. <laughs> um, so it it was it was really gorgeous, and I loved that about it. I thought that was really cool. Um, though sadly, we didn't actually get to go to Italy because there oh. there it is so mountainous and alpine that we mm. couldn't get through because there had been a a tunnel collapse. Oh, the thing. Oh God! Yeah, okay. I know. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I don't really know where to begin. Well, okay. So, all right, I I, I will guide you. No, thank you. You're I'll such guide a you with, professional journalist. <laughs> with one question: Why were you there, my lovely? I was there. Uh, that's actually quite a profound question. I think I was there. <laughs> I mean, I was there to document the UTMB and to show all of you guys what it looks like um so I was mainly I was with a bunch of other press from the UK and we all kind of had different things that we wanted to prioritize getting so for me it was obviously the women's race and lots of Courtney DeWalter being amazing that was Mm. what I really really wanted to capture um for you know news stories like you know I wanted to to get the news out as quickly as possible and be there for it and actually firsthand experience it but also I think maybe more than any of the other press that were there because we have a relationship with you guys and we show you what's going on in our lives I just really wanted to show women's running audience what it's like what it was like to be there and and my experience so um I was also there with Hoka um which like I don't think I have to say um but just saying it anyway because they were really lovely like mm-hmm. they'd really thought about making sure that it was a great trip and um you know looked after us well and it was really nice made sure that we had all the things that we needed to um to make sure that we were safe because watching the race itself the first couple of days was like you know kind of getting to know other people that's slightly nervous I'm in a new place oh I don't know anyone what's going on thing um and uh yeah doing sort of schmoozy stuff but then the the actual race itself we started sort of following it on the Friday um at six o'clock when it all kicks off we were in like a sort of press pen thing at the start line which was really cool Mm. um though lots of men with giant camera lenses for something quite sort of you know yes yeah there's there's Mm. something in that isn't there Mm. um that that we're obscuring the view a little bit but it was uh it was amazing to be in that kind of environment and to to watch it go off they play this music that's sort of like chanting and Mm. stuff that kind of get it gets you it's like Hans Zimmer has written it or something it's sort of seems like it's designed to make you burst into tears before (laughs) they release them all and off they go and the elites went go out pretty I mean everybody who does this race is elite but you know the professionals or whatever Mm. go out pretty fast um and then we hop in a van and go 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 to the next location so that we can see the first load of them arrive which was this lovely little French town and all of the um locals come out and watch and it's so supportive it's so supportive and people are sitting on you know having a beer and a raclette or whatever uh, out in the streets but watching the race and it was amazing so we got to see the first load come through we got to see Courtney who everybody 
everybody went nuts for like she was an she was a rock star nobody got yeah, the kind that of video that, that you put did. up was absolutely insane it was bonkers yeah. um that whole thing so that was the next morning so basically we stayed um stayed that stayed out the first night till maybe about sort of 11 half 11 and then drove home um to our hotel um the other place we went was um Notre Dame de la Gorge which is where they start their big their first big steep incline I think that might be the nastiest incline of the race as well which is mm. a bit horrible when they're only sort of 30 kilometers in or something that they mm. um already have to do a na- the nastiest climb of the um of the race uh and that was amazing because again the crowd support like everybody comes out from their houses um all the locals are there it, they're just absolutely lining this hill and they that it's not like london marathon i suppose or something where there are barriers mm. and it feels like you're the crowd are cheering you on and it's amazing but it yeah. feels quite separate the mm. runner from the spectator like because it this is the wilderness completely the crowd is like they were almost having to fight to get through and the crowd are passing them on the back and they're going, yeah. go, 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 go. Yeah. yeah. And they're shouting and they're like, you can do this. You can right in their ears. And it must be, oh my God, it must make you burst into tears. Yeah. Uh, people were... if, if you've had like 20K just completely on your own, because I bet oh, there's yeah. long stretches of it where yes. you're just like on your own. Yeah. Apparently there's, a, for the average runner, there's about 10 miles that they have on that first night where they don't see another soul <gasps> and that must be for yeah I can't imagine that and then no. the next morning you start to see people again oh my god mm. but am, am I right in thinking that there's there's more than one race during this whole kind of event yeah that there's actually a, there's kind of there's some more accessible kind of distances as well as yeah the long one is that right? yeah you're right it took me a while to get my head around it um but there are about six I think um the, the smallest one, which I think is new this year, they've only just launched it, is 15K. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, quite a lot of us, me included, might be like, oh, we've done 15K before, we can give that a go. <laughs> but it is it is rather on the... Uh, is on, it vertical? On the vertical side. <laughs> yeah. um, though uh, some of the influencers, so there, were, there was a group of influencers that went out there as well, like mm. people like Anna Harding and stuff were there, um, that um, they did the the 15k and mm-hmm. they all looked knackered but alive yeah. um then there is i think the the main ones there's a few other ones there's this one where like it's like a sort of orienteering hiking thing where it's not signed it's not guided mm. um and i can't remember how long that one is it's something like 260 kilometers mm. and those people were out for days like the last lot were coming in as the UTMB finishers were coming in and they'd been they'd gone out on the Tuesday or something so it was like four or five days for some of them oh my goodness bonkers it was bonkers so and that's a team one Mm. um so there are a few different kinds that do the different kind of trails Mm. and they're all called like acronyms that are the uh, that refer yeah. to the trail that they do so like ccc which I yes think is that's what Mayer and yeah, chamonix yeah. and something else mm-hmm. or whatever i think the other main ones are 50 kilometers 100 kilometers and then the utmb which is 100 miles um so, yeah there's not exactly there's not an easy option really not really no not really i think i saw there was there was someone that we work with and i've now completely forgotten because i always forget everything had done there was like a half marathon but sort of distance so 21k and they did it mm. but it was all vertical 
And yeah. it, it just looked really intense. I don't understand how people do it. Um, I, I mean, trail running blows my mind in general because I just think like we did a tiny bit of trail running um, while we were there. And I just, mm. I, I just couldn't really cope. I kind of had to ditch it and go and run on the roads because yeah. and even then, like, because it's so hilly, I was doing a lot of downhill on the roads and I was like, I'm just not, I just, this isn't what I do with my running at all. So it completely screwed my hips and my knees for a few days because yeah. it was just, it was really tough. But yeah, so they do, they do that. Um, that's why we left them on the, on the first night where everybody was coming into this first kind of big incline of the race. Um, there was a big like hookah party thing there. So I felt really guilty. We were all like drinking beers and eating canapes, watching them do it. <gasps> felt really bad about it. Uh, so I tried to spend, I did spend a good hour on the hill. We climbed a bit of the incline so that we could be up the top of it going, yeah, 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 you should go, alley, 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 uh, the whole time. Um, and that was great. And then went back in a minibus, got up at 4am the next day to go back out and watch them come through as the sun rose. So, um, yeah, we couldn't do what we originally planned, which was go to Italy to do a bit of that. Uh, So we waited for them. And that was where I had a little bit of, I was telling you briefly about this yesterday, but I started to have a little bit of beef with the... um, with the mountain our specific guide who we had was lovely mm. but the bus broke down on the first on that second morning and yeah. so we had to join the french press team and their guide and they were only interested in the two front runners really which were the two american men yeah yeah um and it was exciting because until the last couple of hours genuinely i think that it was quite a toss up Mm. of who was going to win between these two blokes um but we just basically like got in a van raced to a new place watched Mm. those two speed past and then got back in a van and went away again and eventually I had to be brave and my people pleasing was fighting every aspect of this but I was like I've got to say it and I was like I, I I really really need to stay to watch the women's race because this is not Mm. At all. this is I've got I've been out here since four o'clock in the morning and I've got no content that our audience of course I know they will be interested in seeing it seeing the general yeah. experience and you know, atmosphere but I've got none of the runners who they're following and who they want to see so um a kind our kind guide took us up to what um has been dubbed Courtney Corner no honestly this is where all of that the bit where she ran were. and it was all crazy crazy yeah yeah <gasps> it was amazing go on women's running instagram and check out the reel that i posted of it if you've got time because you can just get a bit of, you can get a sense of of what it was like um but this apparently came from um this a bit like our balmy army i suppose apparently there's been a big push yeah in france for supporting sport and being a bit more vocal in in supporting that kind of thing, and it all yeah. kicked off with the Tour de France with I think he's called Thibaut Pino that they're quite they're really obsessed with <laughs> Thibaut Pino, um, a Thibaut Pino Grigio, please. <laughs> so they all uh, at the last Tour de France they did a thing where they were like that someone made a Facebook event that was like okay Thibaut Pino corner big party. We'll all get the booze in, get silly costumes on, hang out there all day, make a real event of it, get as many people as we can and all cheer everyone that goes past. But they were obviously really excited about him coming past. Yeah. And they did the same thing for Courtney and it really took off. And 
hundreds of people were there. So had they done that before then, or was this the first year? Because it of, was really of busy. doing that. I don't know. Uh, supposedly, according yeah. to my lovely mountain guide bloke Antoine, yeah, um, who I quite wanted to marry, he was so lovely. <laughs> um, he. I think he was saying that this is the first time that it's been like this. So I think the support is always great because especially, you yeah. know, in Chamonix and stuff, because it really takes over the whole town. So mm. of course everyone's kind of out there on the streets getting excited, but I think the bonkers kind of support and especially from young people. Yeah. And after she's done, she, cause she's had two massive wins this year. Yeah. She? So I think pressure was building to kind of be very excited about this. One. Yeah. She was definitely where all the buzz was and like the leading men went past. And I mean, the, still the cheering and stuff for them was, was major, but mm. nobody responded to anybody like Courtney. Like it was just, wild all the way through the course but especially yeah. in this particular dedicated corner where there were people <laughs> with like Courtney will you marry me signs people oh with God. her face on a mask <laughs> people with like her name written across their chests and stuff it was oh my goodness. bonkers <laughs> bonkers <gasps> God I, I might make know... a little a little video just showing some of the highlights of just the general crowd in that bit because oh my gosh it was wild I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Because this, I think, feeds back into that the the podcast we had like a, a few weeks ago where we were talking mm-hmm. about the lack of mainstream media representation of running events. I mean, that sounds like something that would... I mean, when, when I saw... I know I was only watching a, a reel that you'd put together, not belittling your real talents, which are incredible and amazing. No, and I mean, it was, my own. it was... It was but, crap, but it did but, give you an idea of yeah. The, the, I mean, thing. bearing in mind that, that the kind of the the passion, the ardor, the the kind of you know whatever that 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 it that this event is inspiring in the people that are watching it and the hundreds of thousands of people that are watching it, mm-hmm. it was very peculiar that it wasn't. I didn't see it anywhere. When I say I didn't see it anywhere with a question mark, I didn't see it on The Guardian. <laughs> no. You know, it's like, why is this not being reported? It's very peculiar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really should have been in itself. Like when I wrote the news story, I ended up writing about the fan support for like quite a chunk of the news, really, because that was what it, following the race, mm-hmm. that was what felt like was the big story. Like, of course she was, go- well, I say of course, you, n- you never know. And the two women who followed were both, really really strong as well Mm. um but it was pretty clear from sort of halfway through that Courtney was steaming ahead and she was unless anything horrid happened to her she was gonna win yeah um and uh and obviously yeah she's if she was gonna do that then she was probably going to do this amazing history making 300 mile wins in a in a few months but um but I really felt the thing that that moved me and that shocked me and that felt like the big pull of this story was just Mm. the response to her and the fact that actually like I mean it is such a female minimal that's not a phrase but you know what I mean the 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 representation is is not great from women in UTMB it's like I think it's something like 22 percent or something of the race and that's like that's a figure that's been climbing and climbing yeah um and uh, and it's still obviously nowhere near kind of equal parts. And I get that, you know, like it's a bonkers thing to do. And I think lots of women probably haven't got the kind of training time to put into doing something mad like that. It's also, yeah. it's very elitist, really. Like, because you you have to have done 
the qualification is really complicated and you have to have done like uh you have to earn these things called running stones and you in order to enter the lottery and yeah you can only get them by doing other utmb world series races which are like all abroad they're all 100 miles long they're all like you know you need serious time off work serious travel money serious like it's it's a it's a big thing so I imagine that like also just women are not maybe as able to do that stuff sometimes I think that's very very true I think the amount of money that you need to be an ultra runner to be on on that kind of yeah, to be able to do something like that, you need a lot of backing. You need yeah. sponsorship or you need to have money somewhere yeah. to away because it's a huge, huge investment. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I know Sabrina Pace Humphreys has talked about it quite a lot as well because, like, the Democrat, I mean, it is very white, very male. Mm. Um, but I do hope that as it becomes more popular, that was the real takeaway that I had. I was like, wow, like, especially for women. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't comment on the, on the race aspect because I think, I do think there's a lot still to be done there. I really, really didn't see very many faces that were not white people, but, Mm. but with women, it does seem as though that is rising. And, um, I, yeah, just the incredible support for Courtney and how much people were, people just seem to be much more invested in the women's race really and yeah. she was the real superstar and yeah. I thought gosh amazing like Sabrina again always says the thing about like you you've got to see it to be it and yeah. that's so important for 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 her cause with black trail running and I felt the same thing with women's trail running there where I was like this is so, such an amazing opportunity for people to see somebody be treated like this and received like this and yeah. see them succeed in this incredible way mm. that a very interesting chat with my husband to be Antoine as well about it where he was like um he was like you know I think Courtney is he he was like oh my dream is to have a woman outright win UTMB and he was yeah. like Courtney is is like is probably the one who's going to who who would be able to do it but mm. you know will she now in her career do that I don't know like she's had a killer year and maybe that mm. we we're just talking about whether it would be her and he was like if it's not then I don't know when the next woman will come along that could mm. do it because in terms of sort of by her physiology, like she's so special. And I was mm. like, well, yeah, but also like, and I guess, yeah, you can't deny that like she is incredibly strong and she, she can do things that like, I know realistically, and this isn't me beating myself up, however hard I tried like and trained, I might yeah. be able to do the UTMB if I really, 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 really put years and years and years into to it but I don't mm. think I would be able to ever win the UTMB like she can yeah. but I think um like actually it is a bit of a, a an issue with representation more than anything else that like I'm sure there are a lot more women who are capable of of doing the things that she can do out there that than we realize and now with trail mm. running becoming more and more popular and more and more visible especially women's trail running and her success yeah. and everything that Courtney's doing. Like, I think we're more and more likely to find those women. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's the discoverability, isn't it? Because mm. it, yeah, I think, I think that's something that uh, particularly like Jasmine Paris's win at the spine race in yeah. 2019, that kicked off a whole host of conversations about women's abilities and women's attitude for like endurance running, particularly 
And I think that there, there, there probably are, yeah, I mean, countless women out there who could be achieving huge feats of endurance and athleticism, athleticism, that kind of thing. Running. Defo. Yeah. Um, if if they were <laughs> yeah, given the chance, the opportunity, the time, the space, the money. Um, but even but yeah, even just seeing someone like Courtney, even even being even at being able to read that piece on our website or being able to see it, you know, hopefully in kind of mainstream media will hopefully inspire more women to think, oh, actually, no, I can run quite far, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's something that could be, you know, it's not just always about the fast people, you know. Exactly. Do you fancy coming to the National Running Show in January? Me and Hall are going to be there for the whole weekend and we would love to meet you. The good news is that if you'd like to come along for a very limited time, you can pick up a ticket for free. Just go to nationalrunningshow.com and pop in the code ANTHEM, that's A-N-T-H-E-M, in the big box where it asks you to enter a code. And then you can hang with us for a whole weekend, eat flapjack, buy a load of kit and check out some huge running stars. Be quick though, because this offer ends on the 20th of September. So get one now, quick shop. See you there. Yeah, that was the other thing that I did want to capture that was difficult because I got quite a lot of it at the beginning, but then it does trickle out because it's such a long race. The time between people, obviously there are some people who the winner came in at 19 hours 30. Wow. Um, But then the cutoff time for the race is like 46 hours or something. So there were still people coming over the line Mm. two days later. So I know. (laughs) So the time between each runner does really, really start to space out. Yeah. Um, And obviously unlike a marathon or a half or something where like you've got lots of people crossing the finish line at the same time, it's like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour between some of these elite, you know, right at the front people and some of the, um, even, you know, some of the people towards the back, you're still talking like minutes between people crossing the line. So it was quite hard by the time the race had spaced out to kind of capture the sheer amount of people and the people who were, Mm. and to kind of get a vibe of the, of the normal, I say in inverted commas, everybody who did it is bonkers, but more normal runners who were giving it a go. Um, That's why I think like when when you're finishing, it, it, it always looks incredible because almost every single runner has their own yeah. like, finish so that as they That's come so through and they get cheered by the, the crowds and everyone is slamming the sides of the barriers and making yeah. those noise and noise and it's all it's all kind of ke- uh, cowbells and things isn't it so yeah kettlebells that's very not the right thing no they, um, i'm sure the ke- that's bef- that, i guess that's beforehand um <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah cowbells they go bonkers for a cowbell <laughs> yeah they were dinging and donging all over the place mm. um there were even hoka cowbells they were giving out <laughs> at the thing <laughs> branded cowbells <laughs> did you get one no oh i know mike did who was with oh, us on the trip it? Yeah. Misogynists. No, sorry. I'm joking. Um, but, um I I was gonna say to you though, because I wanted your advice about this. I had my first sleepless moment uh, oh. about the Vitality 10K, which I know is completely illogical, but because of the fact that 
we did go on this little trail run on the second day mm. and I couldn't really cope with it. I mean, there were a few of us that didn't do it or gave mm. up or really didn't enjoy it. So like, I'm, it wasn't the end of the world, but basically everybody on the trip, even the press teams were so sporty mm. and so fast and really adept at trail running. So they were like, they just went off up this hill and I was keeping up for a bit. And then I was like, I, I'm just going to lose them and I'm going to get stuck on a mountain on my own. So I kind of had to turn around and just, run back downhill um and I did a little run through Chamonix and then that was enough for me really to be honest Mm. but um yeah it kind of gave me my first little like sleepless night of imagining being holding people back being the last one across the finish line all those fears that you get when you do a race and you just feel a bit nervous about not being very fast Um, um do you know it's interesting because yeah. um I'm only just this morning I won't mention her name but this morning I had an email from um one of our women's running wave runners mm-hmm. who's going to be joining us and um she emailed because she's transferring over to our wave which you can still do if you entered before we said that there was going to be a women's running wave if you've, if mm. you've joined and you're going to be and you've, you've entered like a timed wave and you want to run with us then just email me yeah just drop us an email yeah either esters if you know esters or um the the wr podcast at anthem.co.uk one yeah exactly that and just let just let us know and and we can pop you into our wave so you can run with us um and yeah so um a, a lovely runner emailed this morning just to say how nervous they were feeling about it um and she said and it, the sentence was something like, I'm slow and so therefore I'm anxious. Oh, that's and I was me. Like, oh, wow. God. And 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 I, what I said to her was the same thing that I well, I'll, I'll say to her, I'll, I'll tell you what I said to her, which was she's not the only person that's emailed me to say that. No. And we don't we there's not thousands of us running this thing, you know. So um we're we're hoping for maybe a hundred people are gonna come and run this. Yeah, with it's us. a super chill wave. It is yeah. honest. It will feel like a lot of people. Like we had 50 mm. for Paris, and that did feel like a lot of us. It did. Didn't so it? it won't feel like you're sort of hopefully too exposed, but it won't be like No, it's it's gonna be fun. terrifying crowds. We're going to be running us. we're going to be running with um we're gonna mingle up with the kind of with the Bryony Gordon group. Mm-hmm. Um and they are not paced either so then they're not they're not out for a time that's all to do with mental health Mm -hmm. and um she this the woman that emailed me this morning is one of I think six or seven people who've emailed within the last two weeks to say that they're feeling concerned about running it yeah at a certain speed and I think that's only that's a, the tip of the iceberg, you know. I think because yeah. that's that's people that are brave enough to actually sort of say, "I'm really worried about being slow," and um, and I was just like, you know, so many people are worried about being slow. So Definitely. many people are going to be really concerned about that, and in a way, that's kind of good because it means that I think a lot a lot of us are going to be of a very similar pace. And totally. I think there's there's already a, a group of women who are planning to walk run the the distance. I think. Yeah, I might walk run it. I haven't decided yet. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, completely that's an option. Uh, yeah. I spoke to um Zeph, one of our lovely podcast listeners as well, who who works for Hoka, so she was out in Chamonix, mm. um, and she uh used a term that I thought 
we need to get into this episode uh where she was like oh I'm a bit I'm a bit worried about it um I'm gonna be really knackered I think she's doing something beforehand so Mm. she was like I'm happy to be plod squad and I know I loved it and I was like you know we're all gonna be pod squad there together however there is also always space and time for the plod squad too and I will very much be there's a hashtag. Uh, be a member of the plot squad team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I also think that there's going to be um a big section. Um they may correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here, but I think there's probably a big section of of Bryony's group that are going to be walking like the yes. whole thing. So uh, I really don't I this is not this is in no way, shape or form, unless you want it to be mm. a race. Yeah. This is you could probably turn up. Turn having up with no having done with no training yeah. and have yeah. it and and walk run or walk and like nobody would bat an eyelid. Yeah, it, it's not Absolutely not going not. to be a judgmental affair whatsoever. No, no, no. Not at all. I don't want anyone to overextend themselves unless they really, really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I do remember it from last year where I was gunning for a particular time, and so I did really push. And which I which I then regretted, <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. But but that's to say that if you want to push, you can. You know, even if you're at the back, we 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 already will be at the back of the pack because we're going to be the final wave to go. Yeah. Um. And if you want to push ahead and get a time that you know get a specific time, then actually it is quite easy to to circumnavigate runners in front of you and go for your time. Go the go for the time that you want. Um, so that's that's easy to do if you want to do that. Um, but if you don't, then just hang back and have fun and chat all the way around because that's what we're going to be Hopefully. doing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't worry. Please don't worry. Yeah, honestly, I I, I mean, you saying this is making me realise how silly it is to worry about, really. We're all pals here and it's all going to be fine. And um, I'm comforted by the fact that some of you have been feeling the same as me, but also let's not feel that way let's not feel that way yeah have you so how how has your running been have you managed well it's to been any... all right but the last time that I ran was that run in Chamonix um mm. and it just it was fine it just it just knocked my confidence a little bit because it also wasn't what I would have done mm. I wouldn't have tried to do a trail run for my training because that's not what we're going to be doing but that was just what everybody was doing and I was like oh well I'll get my I'll get my run in then and because I didn't know when we when I'd be able to do it otherwise and um and then it ended up being a bit sad and I was like okay I'm just gonna run downhill the opposite way to the mall and it was fine and I did like I mean it can't have been more than a couple of k I don't really know what it was because um I didn't have Strava on because I hadn't started off I was they'd said that they were going to do a 5k trail run so I was like okay I'll do that and I hadn't switched it on and then so I don't know what I kind of ended up doing really not 5k because I didn't go and do the whole thing yeah like three maybe um so yeah and I ran the whole way and it was fine um but that was obviously downhill um I'm supposed to do one this lunchtime I think um though I'm trying to work out it's really really boiling today in the UK it's It's 29 degrees I believe yeah so and I'm a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. No, I'm just not good. And I know I should train, but I'm not good at running in the heat and I try and avoid it at all costs. So because I haven't already been this morning, I'm wondering whether actually I might do some strength training at lunchtime and go tomorrow morning mm-hmm. um, instead. Um, though there's no time when it's not boiling. I know. It's really hot this week. It's really, really hot this week. week. Like tomorrow it cools down a little bit in the morning, but we're still talking like 17 degrees at eight mm. o'clock in the morning for example um yeah which is fine that's fine but like you know it's not like there's a time where it's cool sorry can you hear the bloody builders no i can't okay good then sorry oh, yeah. love them <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't say a bad word about them <laughs> uh, but tell me about about you and how you're feeling around um your training because I mean mine is like it's going fine it's ticking along I did yeah I have to admit I did feel my confidence was knocked a little bit at that group run that we did over the weekend but like Mm. I know really that like my training's been going fine um I know I can do 5k because I did it last week so like I think that's what I have to remember if I have funny moments that like we're only doing double that and it's we're doing it together and there's no pressure and so it's all going to be fine and chill yeah. um so yeah I'm just k- ticking along I think I'll do like six or seven for my long run this weekend mm-hmm. um and yeah slightly lost track of my training plan a little bit I'm not gonna lie because I was away and um it's now super boiling so I can't do what I was planning on doing this week but yeah, yeah, it's all fine. But yours, I'd, is... I'd I'd say oh. fucking tear it up, Paul. I know, <laughs> literally. I yeah. feel I feel like that at the moment. You just got to do what <clears throat> kind of doing a training plan to feel is like. It's quite fun and quite liberating sometimes. I think, yeah. um, especially when it's for something. I'm not sure I would do it for like do that for like a half or something because if the distance is a bit longer, then and it feels mm. like a bit more of a challenge, then I kind of want that support a bit more. But mm-hmm. for five yeah. or ten, I think it's like I'm just gonna run how I want to run in the lead up to this and and I know that it's going to be fine yeah. uh, but you have a slightly longer distance to be concerned <laughs> with how is that yeah it's it's interesting because I have been so I have been following a structured training plan and mm. it's the first time really that I've ever done that because before I've used one of our plans um from the site which are all great um but I've never really paid attention to kind of the middle runs I've always focused entirely on the long run okay so yeah me too really I think about the long run as like the the next destination and then I just sort of fill in the week by being like oh if I've got time I'll do a couple of little extra plods and exactly that yeah exactly that and actually it's really really lovely talking to you uh, in like today and and kind of thinking about that kind of <clears throat> tearing up the training plan feel because um if I have to remember like the 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 lead up to 
the last London I did and the London before that, that's how I trained for them. So yeah. kind of focus on the long run, um, fill in the gaps in between kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I might have um, added in a bit of kind of hill training, um, not, not, not particularly structured or anything. And I might have then um, tried to run a little bit faster during one of those sessions during the week, but mostly mm-hmm. it was just uh, four or five K sort of two or three times a week and then yeah. the long run. That's kind of basically what it was. And so it's kind of nice to remind myself of that, that that's what I did. And I still, and you were so fine and it was yeah. fine and it was fine. But so this time I am following um, a plan on my kind of on my watch and on my app with runner and um it's been very eye-opening and i mean in some ways it's been great because the kind of um the variation between mm. the sessions has been huge so it means that, that each one is new and there's no point looking ahead oh, because good. each of them you get so bored you, you don't get bored mm. um, and each of them are so so different that i can't even think to myself oh well next wednesday i'm doing such and such a session because they're all different but they're all really fucking hard they're oh, really no. hard so i was really um so i've been away i came back at the weekend but i was away in cornwall again um and i was in a part of cornwall that was actually very bath like in in the fact that i were kind oh. of in the in the bottom of a valley and there were lots and lots of hills and on the first day i went for a run up somewhere called castle hill <clears throat> which is I wouldn't recommend to anyone who was looking for a sort of flat oh, to yes. do a run on. Okay. Um, but then I quickly discovered a section near where we were staying, which was sort of flat. And, and oh my God, I mean, I ran a groove into that frogging, like just, I just ran up and down and up and down and up and down mm-hmm. one solitary path. And during the middle of this holiday, I chatted to, there was a lovely woman who was staying in a cottage nearby and uh, and I said, oh, you know, do you run? And she said, yeah, but I just, I'm not training for anything. I've never trained for anything. I just run and just sort of enjoy where I am. And I just thought, oh my God, I am so jealous because where we were was so beautiful. Yeah. And apart from one or two runs and I ran um, like eight times in two weeks there, but two of those runs were lovely and they were both of them with the kind of the easy recovery runs after mm-hmm. the long run where I just went and explored a little bit and they were both really 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 nice everything else was just running up and down and the sessions are insane so like what are we talking so right actually I wrote down I wrote down two from last week that I did one of them okay so one of them was a progressive run and it was four lots of 2k so the whole run in itself was 9k so you have a like a kilometre to warm up mm-hmm. or it might have been a kilometre to cool down. Either way, there's an extra one somewhere along the lines. And then you've got four lots of 2K, so like four miles essentially. Each one is progressively faster than the other. Oh. oh. And then does it go back down again, like a pyramid training no. thing or no? no. Oh, just faster, just faster, faster, to the faster, end. faster stop. Okay. Right? It's like, oh. I mean, it's not, it's not balls out fast. But it's definitely even the first kilometer is faster than I would run. It's definitely faster than marathon pace for me. Okay. Right? So that was it was already uncomfortable 
It's one with. little ball sticking out the side of your underpants fast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the first one. And then there was another one that was um it was called a repeating drop set, right? I know. Um so first oh, of all, this this I found really, really hard, but this was when actually the temperature was picking up, so that might be it. So each section is uh, so you start with one kilometer fast ish okay so that that again is it's a, a kilometer that's so say my say my marathon pace is like 10 minute miles mm-hmm. and i know i'm mixing between miles and kilometers and confusing everybody but i'm I'm afraid that's how my no i find that's work. helpful for me because i'm not Sorry. very good at knowing what's fast for kilometers and what's okay. slow for kilometers so say that. say yeah say my marathon pace is like 10 minute miles so so say i was kind of hoping to run the marathon in like four and a half hours that's mm. that's kind of that's vaguely where i'm sort of comfy at and an easy yeah. run i would try and push towards more like 11 minute miles mm-hmm. so this the progressive that no the repeating drop set started at doing a kilometer at nine minute miles okay so okay you, so you're already starting they're already starting faster than you would feel comfortable yeah running. it's not it's not really chat pace for me that's that's really mm-hmm. quite pushy so you start with a kilometer like that then you have a walk rest of like a minute and a half and then you do 800 meters so you start with a thousand meters then you go down to 800 meters but it's a bit faster so it's like eight and a half minute miles I don't know if I can even really do eight and a half minute miles very it's really weird and then then you have a 400 meter section faster and then a 200 meter section super fast like it was seven for me super fast for me so yeah. It's yeah yeah 750 or something so but because it's only 200 meters you just you sprint. just pelt it like yeah. you would in if you're in sports day I yeah. thought I looked like Usain Bolt but obviously I would have just looked like I was going for a tiny little trot from the side but that's it felt like I was like absolutely bombing it and then but what was I? What I found very peculiar was that. Is it a bit dready? That sounds really mean. Yeah. I'm not slagging runner off, but I was going to say if you end up in a. The only thing I worry about with something like that is like, of course, that sounds like that is designed to like really, really condition you and yeah. like that it would be brilliant for your training. Yeah. But the thing I would worry about is if I found lots of the. If I was only finding, yeah, one out of four, basically, that sounds like you found okay of mm. your runs mm. then I would I would not go yeah well like I would the, dread them and I would start putting them off and then I would end yeah. up doing fewer and fewer until I was only really doing the one that I was looking forward to well I mean you can the thing is is you can skip a session and it's fine but um the other the thing is is because they change so the, I I did those two running things last week Mm. the week before I didn't have those two I had something else so I I didn't look at repeating drop set thinking that's going to be awful I didn't Uh, because I I had no idea what it was going to feel like because not only do you do that you then have to do it three times over so and actually the worst bits weren't the 200 meters fast or the 400 meters fast it was the 800 meters at kind of mid fast pace that was really 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 yeah I would find that really difficult 800 meters Mm. is twice around the track isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. that's 800 meters used to be 
uh, what I ended up having to do, it was the 800 and the 1500 on sports day because no one wanted to do those ones. Everyone yeah, wanted to do horrible. the short ones. Yeah. Really, uh, yeah. Middle distance. I mean, new renewed respect. It's, it was it was horrible. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think that because the sessions are mixed up so much, it's very mm. difficult to dread them apart from a kind of an all pervasive sense of dread of like all of the sessions. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah, it's hard. But then I think... The immediate benefit was then looking at my Garmin afterwards and for the first ever time, you know, like when you finish um, a run with Garmin, it will tell you what kind of run it was. It will say base training or tempo training or whatever. And sometimes it says tempo when I don't expect, it said tempo with my long run this weekend, for instance. Um, But that was, that's going to be to do with heart rate. But for the first ever time after last week, um, it said threshold. Oh, nice. Okay. So that did make me think, oh, that's okay. done something. And that yeah. inspires a bit of confidence in kind of. Okay, that's good. A bit more. But, um, but oh my God, yeah, Holly, it's just so fucking hard. It's so hard. So you're feeling a little bit meh about it all? Or... I'm feeling, yeah, I mean, I had, uh, I feel, I feel supported by the training. Um, and I did a 16 mile long run at the weekend, which was hard, mm. but I did it. And that when you, when you've kind of gone over a certain mileage, it does, it does inspire you with a bit of like, uh, you know, come on Newman, you can do this. This is, this yeah. is, you know, so that was, that was good. But yeah, I still have, I mean, I have so many, so many worries. And like I was saying to you, I, I was saying to you in the, in the, in the, the, the podcast that never made it to to air, that oh, yeah. um last one of the five yeah mm, <laughs> i i had um my first ever stress dream about new york yeah last night which was all kind of toilet based um and and being in this kind of horrible sort of um well you you, you said it right the horrible kind of gotham city version yes of new york. yes mm-hmm. um and wandering around not being able to find toilets and then when i eventually did find a loo it was like a Turkish bath where your head was sticking at the top and everyone could see you. Um, so horrid. That, so horrid. So horrible. Those are always my dreams. It's always like toilets. It's, it's always like, like I remember having a particular dream when I was a teenager where the loo, the only up. loo I could find was it was behind um, see-through, like proper glass doors and stuff like that. It's just a, a massive, massive kind of panic and anxiety and stuff all, all filters through to toilet dreams oh Um, do you want to hear what I mean this is like just the first thing that's come up on google when I've googled the dream meaning yeah so this might not be right but it says (laughs) uh, it represents the yearning to release negative feelings and experiences dreaming about a toilet indicates a desire to be spiritually and emotionally rejuvenated it could also refer to removing anything hurtful or negative from your life in order to become a better person oh Mm. I think that's a bit harsh, to be honest. Uh, Okay, this says a totally different thing (laughs) that maybe I see for you a bit more. Oh, Uh, if you're if you have a dream where you're looking for a toilet or a bathroom, or you can't find the right toilet or a bathroom, this is more. That's that's more it. You're not just dreaming of lose. You're dreaming of that specifically. Uh, It could mean that you're giving yourself. You're not giving yourself the time and space you need to take care of things, and you've possibly been selfless while not attending to your own needs. Oh, could be that, 
or or Hol, I've got some big news. Oh yeah. You know we do a very brilliant actual magazine as well as this podcast, yeah. I I'm aware <laughs> and sometimes involved. <laughs> well, you can get your hands if you don't have it already on your very first copy of Women's Running for just 99p because you're our pod squad. 99p. That's actually amazing. That's like not that much more than a Freddo. <laughs> No, I don't even know if Freddo's cost more than 99 yeah, They might do, go actually. They might do, yeah. <laughs> so all you need to do is go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter podcast when it asks you for a promotion code and you'll get a copy for 99p. Isn't that lovely? That sounds epic to me. Or, or I could be yeah. massively stressed about going to New York and running a race that I'm not. And your brain's about. decided to put it into the, because yeah. I do the same. Mine is my stress dream with those things. And I always get it around races as well. Um, last year before the bath half, I had recurring dreams that I missed the start and that I had to like run to the oh my god start to join it, and then everybody had already gone, so I was like running yeah. to try and catch. I have had up. that dream. I've yeah, had that. I always dream. have that dream. Um, that's actually a really good. We haven't done it, like sort of a theme around our letters for a while. Do let us know what are your running stress dreams because I think they. I, th- I would say those two are probably quite popular. Where's the portaloos? Yeah. Everyone's already started without me. Those are probably yes. two classics, yeah, the, and the two that spring to mind specifically with with running as uh, as opposed to finding the loo is uh, yeah the race setting off before I'm ready, and it usually is the bath half that I'm thinking. Yeah, um, and and when that is happening, and I because I've had this a couple of times, I'm usually somewhere too far away fighting to get leggings on. It's it's a legging related. Oh, so actually there is a <laughs> legging stress too if you can't get dressed in time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So get, not getting dressed in time, missing the start and having to run to the start. Usually yeah. I've overslept or I've been like, uh, yeah, caught up doing something, like busy mm-hmm. doing something or... Um, or um, and then I've just suddenly realised, oh my god, it's the bath half. I'm supposed to be doing it, and yes, yes, yeah. yes, that's it. <laughs> or toilet slash portaloo related dreams. Yeah. Please let us know if there are any others, or if you've had those before. WR Podcast at anthem.co.uk. I'm so intrigued to hear people's race stress dreams. Stress dreams. Oh mm-hmm. my god, there must be so many of them. There must. I be bet so there's many. loads. I bet mine, loads. I have to. I have to admit that mine was actually sparked by an event that, um, and it was sort of weirdly podcast related because Ooh. we'd been trying to record yesterday and failed massively, hadn't we? Yeah. And I'd left my mic is attached to a big long arm, which is kind of um, attached to a, at the moment in a weird kind of W. Heath Robinson way. Um, it 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 sits on um, on a metal clamp, and mm-hmm. it's clamped to a chair. Okay. Right. So anyway, so I'd I'd I in disgust at our our awful recording yesterday, I'd thrown it onto the bed, left it there, and then when I went to bed last night, I picked up the microphone and the clamp fell off the bottom onto my big toe. No. Oh, oh and those clamps are heavy. Heavy oh. metal clamp. I mean, and it made me the pain was so much that I couldn't speak, I couldn't cry. I couldn't do anything and I couldn't even hold on to my toe afterwards because it was the pain, the pain, the pain. 
So I sat there for maybe five minutes thinking, I've broken it. Yeah. The the pain was so intense. And I was just like, and that is a rumor, isn't it? They do always say every time you stop, well, in my primary school, they always said every time you stub your toe, you you actually break it. Really? Yeah, that's what people used to say in my primary school. Oh. I don't think it's true. I don't think that's true. No. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I still think about it every time. And to be fair, if I dropped a sort of five kilogram clamp on my toe. Oh, my God. It was so agonizing. And I haven't, I mean, it didn't swell up. It's not broken. It's all fine. But that obviously that thought made me spiral and go to bed thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I fucked it. I fucked it kind of thing. But the, um, what what I've not done is is actually check for the proper damage because I still have my um, Barbie pink toenail varnish on and I need to remove said Barbie pink toenail to varnish. see what's really happened. Oh, it's going to be a absolutely hellish, awful because I can feel it. It's so bruised and painful. It's like, oh, oh no, but is it going to be a black toenail debacle? Do you I, think? I would be very surprised if the toenail stayed on after that. Um, yeah, fun times. But, God, um, Esther, that's so shit. It was that so all happened horrible. last night. So horrible. I know the trauma. Oh, no. But I did go for because I I hadn't gone for a run yesterday because yesterday was first day back at school, mm-hmm. and I'd done that sixteen mile run on the Sunday. Yesterday, I was just like, no, I no, just, I can't fucking do it. Mm-hmm. I was supposed Good. to have done an easy run, but I just couldn't do it. No, that's um, fine. Thank you. I think that's that totally fine to have a recovery day when you've been traveling and yeah. running and like, yeah. It was just like, so I think I, I might have overextended myself on like overpromised on the training plan where I was like definitely do four runs a week because that's what I was doing. And I'm I'm happy to do four runs a week if all four of them are like at 10 minute miles or or slower. Exactly. If um, you're doing something that pushes you out of your comfort zone for three of them. Yeah, and only one feels like the kind of running that you're used to and comfortable with. Then, yeah, oh my I God. think yeah, so hard. But I did, I did a run this morning, and I just did a. It was it. This I've I've happily after that sixty mm. mile. Um, it this is a drop down week, so it's a week of much less intensive stuff. So I've, I've still got the interval training, but it's for shorter periods of time because my interval training last week and the week before were all like nine ten k, with yeah. intervals in the middle. And now I've got interval training and it's more like four or five K. And I had an easy run this morning that was um, four miles and that was fine. It was just like, okay. you know, plod, 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 fields. Mm. I did a nice route that I've not done for a little while. Um, so that was all, that was all nice. So I, I feel, I feel like it's okay. Yeah, but, of course it is. But oh God, I don't know. It's just, it's much, it much hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. And it's so... I know I, I sound like such a twat for saying it, but it's so much harder than I was expecting. You know, like I was, uh, I think the last two times I've trained, I've trained kind of quite, and definitely the last three times, like when I was, or even four times, but when I've trained before for marathon distance, I think I've been quite naive. Yeah. And when I was first doing that training, I, my first training plan, I ignored everything. I mean, literally everything apart from I that. I always ignore one. everything on a training plan. Concession, but yeah, God, I just, I'm, not, I'm the same as you. I just look. I just as long as I'm doing the long run, mm. then I just sort of do what I want for the rest of it. It's terrible, isn't it? And then the, the other thing that I should be doing is some physio stuff because I went to the physio just before I went on holiday because I was worried about my knee. So my knee has been feeling really wrong for the past six yeah. months. 
Um, so I went to see um, a lovely physio. I don't think I've spoken to you about that yet, have I? Because um, I think that was I after think the last so. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so really nice chap. Um, and um, and he did. He made me feel like loads better. He immediately, he did loads of deep tissue massage, and my god, it was painful. He was like, he was loosening my kneecap oh mm. yeah we did oh. I think we did discuss did I this did I think I we talked about this because uh. it sounded vile yeah horrible 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 but I do I felt loads better because he kind of he he was very kind of um uh, uh forthright about the diagnosis and so immediately even though I must admit my knee hasn't felt any better particularly mm. I feel less worried about it so good um so before I went I was like I need to get I need to get a new knee and after I've been I was like mm, I just need to not train for a marathon for the next six months after I've done this one that's all yeah I think yeah I when you know talking to lots of runners on this weekend away um everybody who'd had an injury it was overuse oh yeah yeah and like I think that is something that we I mean, even though people do talk about it more, it still feels like it doesn't quite make sense because it's like, but I'm training, I'm building this mm. tolerance almost to running, like I'm that I'm making my body stronger. And like, actually, it's quite easy for that to tip over into like an overuse thing where... So easy. Mm-hmm. And actually, again, this would be interesting to hear from other people, but my personal experience of injuries is that I definitely have had way more of them when mm-hmm. I was training at a less intense level. So okay, as more of a beginner who would potentially go through peaks of training to get up to kind of half marathon. So sort of 20 years ago, that's mm-hmm. the way that I would run where I would, I'd plod a bit, then I might stop running over the summer because I'm doing other stuff. And then I'd plod a bit more and then I would train for a half marathon and immediately my calf muscle would go and I'd get stress fractures and I'd get shin mm-hmm. splints and I'd get, you know, da, da, da. and I don't get, anywhere near the volume of injuries as I did then and in fact this knee thing has been the first thing that I've had really in uh since lockdown Mm -hmm. and my training since lockdown has been much more um well I've just I've just been doing it just more frequent yeah much more frequently yeah much more frequently yeah so um yeah I think maybe there's just a little tipping point (laughs) there's a sweet spot there's a Goldilocks zone yes yeah of training I guess it's always going to be personal isn't it yeah yeah it is going to be personal and there's all that genetic stuff as well isn't it like if you're god we've talked about running a lot haven't we uh, this I was literally thinking this I was like I hope nobody's bored quite the fact that we've talked this is awful isn't it well to continue do you want a letter about running as yes, well do it yeah this is a, the women's running podcast a running special insane oh my god um okay here we go so i found this really really interesting this is from steph mm-hmm. um so she says hi Esther and holly love your podcast and been listening since it started up oh. i'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on the following issue so recently i was doing a half marathon race i hadn't trained to race so it was just planning on um uh, so i was just planning on running it like a long run with lots of support mm-hmm. at mile 10 a young girl running ahead of me started staggering Me and another runner stopped and helped her to the ground. The poor girl was drifting in and out of consciousness, but kept saying she wanted to finish the race. Lucky for her, I know. Lucky for her, another runner who was a doctor stopped to help. The marshal called an ambulance for her. Once I could see I was not needed, I carried on and finished the race. 
actually finished with my husband and son surprising me by being at the finish line waiting for me. Um, They'd only arrived five minutes before I got there. So maybe all meant to be. Mm. Um, I found all this very emotional and couldn't help thinking, what if it was me that collapsed? I wasn't going uh, for a time, so it didn't bother me at all that my Mm. time was affected. When I've asked running friends of mine, some have even said if they were trying for a PB, they wouldn't stop to help. Is that wrong? If there's no martial or bystander nearby, you would be relying on another runner to stop and help you. Mm. Um, and then she said, and another thing, the girl I helped had no emergency details filled out on her number. Why do people not do this? Or why don't race organizers pre-print it? They have all our details when we sign up. Um, so yes, a couple of things raised there. I completely agree mm-hmm. about the emergency details thing. But the thing that I found most interesting, it kind of plays into the anxiety thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago where like, if you see an ambulance or if you see another runner on the floor or something, then it can really, really psych you out. But mm. the bit that I found most interesting that I wanted to hear your thoughts on and hear everybody's general thoughts on mm. is that thing of if you were going for a PB and you saw somebody in trouble, yeah, would you help them? Um, I mean, I... Mean- I- uh, would it, it, I think and I'm not doing that trying to just yeah. sound like a um a martyr but I think I can't imagine because I'm not a hugely competitive person w- when it comes to like trying to um, I don't know I guess maybe I'm not that competitive with myself even or with other people like mm. I just if somebody else's needs overtook my want to try and beat myself mm-hmm. I can't imagine being in a way like like being in a mindset that that would be more important to me than helping the other person but that's not me trying to be a martyr that's just my brain yeah yeah and and I think that makes it I think I mean there there is like there's a gray area isn't there because obviously Mm. oh I would not stop if lots of people had stopped because then I just then I just think that I get concerned that people are stopping just to have a look you know like when when the traffic slows down on a motorway um but yeah, I mean, obviously you would stop if you were the only, if you saw someone fall. And I have, I've, I've stopped for like milliseconds before just to sort of, you know, if someone stumbled or tripped or whatever. Mm, and said, I've never okay? had it, I don't think. I've, I've done that, but I've never had anyone collapse mm. um, that has, that I thought I needed to look after. And I think a lot of the races that we've done have been kind of very well marshaled and stuff I think that's the thing I've never done a race that's small enough like it would be interesting if we do do the two tunnels race that we've wanted to do for quite a long time or something Mm. to see what that would be like because I know that's well marshaled but like I'm imagining there are great stretches yeah where you don't have another person apart from the other runners UTMB for example like Mm. um there are long 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 miles and miles and miles of stretches where you won't see another person and there won't be a volunteer there or whatever Um, and I think, I, you know, it's I interesting. You are relying on you on are you are you are relying lot. on other mm. on other runners. And that, that I remember a thing from a couple of years ago. I remember a woman writing in to say that she had tripped over during a trail race. So that I think this is much more common. I think this is something. Yes, yeah. obviously people trip over more in trail races because there's more kind of hazards and stuff. And and she definitely came into that issue where someone where she said that a bunch of men ran past and no one helped her. And she took that as an indication of sort of ingrained kind of misogyny and sexism and all of that. I would think the same. (laughs) I mean, you know, all men are bastards. Um, But Apart from my lovely listeners. Apart from my lovely listeners. (laughs) But, uh, especially not, yeah, Ivor and Kev, but, um, uh, but, um, 
but that all that said, I I do think it's not that all men are bastards. It's that lots of runners are highly focused on the job in hand. You know, I think there is quite a lot of of yeah. um, selfishness because yeah, you do. Mm. You're aiming to to finish the race in a time that you want. So I don't. I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, we'd have to check. We'd have to check with all those men that ran past her. You know, is it because she's a woman? Would you have helped a bloke? Oh, I don't think anybody would have consciously. No, it's, it's it's just because you're just sort of thinking, oh well, someone's tripped over, and that happens a lot in trail races, and I'm I'm still going to go mm. for my PB. But it is, it is weird when people don't help. It, I think it's very peculiar. It's just like, it's like when you see stories about people that have you know collapsed or fallen over in a town centre, and no one sort of looks after them. Um, I, I yeah, and I, I mean, I, I kind of get it. Like if you're an elite, but then the thing is. If yeah, say you're like an elite runner or whatever, mm. um, and you are maybe you're a professional, maybe you have a sponsor, and your performance is is very very important to your kind of livelihood and how. I was about to say I get it, but then the thing is, like, even if you were like, like if you were an actor, and I guess a similar thing would apply where it's like your how you perform that day is very very important mm. um you it's live if you know what I mean like there's no sort of like redo of something like but I still think if somebody collapsed on the stage or collapsed in then then you would you would probably stop and and go look at the end of the day even though this job I've got to do or this thing I really want to do mm. or my performance in this thing is really important nothing's more important than somebody than you know what if somebody died that wouldn't like then you're not really going to give a fuck about your pb if you were there when someone died you you you'd hope not yeah i mean but yeah it does it does seem like but there's no shame i guess if that people do feel i'm i'm interested to hear people's thoughts mm. i mean there's going to be a huge wide baggy gray area isn't there between you know seeing someone have a little also people yeah that's you know, true people can stumble over have a have a tiny little trip and and they might kind of overreact on what that, what that feels like or they yeah or it might just be a little trip and so you know I think just calling out and making sure that someone's okay is fine. You don't have to kind of that's what I do. Fireman's lift or anything. Yeah, and it really does depend, doesn't it? On like again, like oh, it sounds like this is quite an extreme example where somebody's going in and out of consciousness. Like it sounds like yeah. she's fainted, yeah. and that is a case where I would definitely stop. Yes, uh, if that person is incapable of of helping themselves at that point, I guess yeah. that's the difference. Whereas if somebody trips over or something, mm. um, it would be my natural instinct, and it is when I see people in this. I've never had it in a race, but if I've seen people in the street fall over, yeah. it is my natural instinct to stop and go, "Oh, you're right." But yeah. quite often. A few people might do that and you can sort of tell that the person's a bit like, oh, please fuck off and stop looking at me. I'm fine. Yes. I just want to get up and carry on. Yeah. And so it is sometimes just about reading the situation, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And my my only personal experience of it was when I was running during lockdown and I, I absolutely face planted about a mile away from home. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd hurt myself. I'd scraped myself up badly enough that I couldn't feel it. Yeah. Until I was really close to home and I sat down on a bench and I looked down and my leggings were torn across my knee and blood was running down my leg and running from both my hands so that it was dripping off the ends of my fingers. Oh my God. No one asked me if I was okay. 
in that yeah. pile up to there was I walked past many many people one bloke said something like he, he commented on the fact that I must have fallen over yeah he didn't ask if I was okay what do you say oh you just like a clumsy oh, you've been in the wars or something you know mm-hmm. one of those sort of comments and it's just like uh yeah but no one no one checked even though I was visibly bleeding to see if yeah. I was all right um yeah so that all that like, that's a bit yeah. shit like I I am the sort of person that like well saying this I do remember vividly falling over in Paris once and already being I must have been like I think I got a bit lost and I was a bit confused and then I fell over and so I was already slightly on the verge of tears so it was like oh god they're gonna come now because I don't know later but um Oh. I remember somebody asking me if I was okay then. And I think that's the only time that I've ever been like, yes, I'm fine. Please don't look at me. Generally, I'm the kind of person that actually, yeah, I would prefer to be asked, yeah. are you all right? And to have somebody give me a hand if I'm in trouble yeah. rather than not because yeah, I don't have much pride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, when I have seen people that have properly, properly tripped up and I'm thinking about the bath half here, I've all I can think of when that happens is 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 I can see loads of people stopping and helping mm. and making sure that they're hoisted back up onto their feet and are they able to run sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it feels to me it feels to me that broadly speaking the running community is as we always suspected a kind and generous and supportive one but yeah. there are a few people and I think probably probably the faster the fast right at the big at the fa- you know when they really are aiming for a PB that they might sort of think oh look someone will come along in a minute that will be able to help or there's a marshal there or there's going to be a first aider or you know someone's going to be more help than I am and I really want to get a sub two hour or something Mm -hmm. so I don't know I don't know I don't know what goes through people's minds I don't know what goes through people's minds it's very interesting and I think yeah if you've had further experience of that or if you've got your own thoughts then God, it's an episode of Please Write In today, isn't it? I know, an episode of Running, Please Write In. And I do feel mm-hmm. like we also need to um, comment on the elephant in the room because I know that we mentioned the fact that you're wearing a beret and I have a Highland cattle behind me. Yes. Um, but now we've come towards the end of the podcast. I thought maybe we should mention it again because people have just been maybe either listening to this or watching and this and watching thinking, what this. the f- fuck are they doing and did you know that your beret by the way also comes with a little beauty spot yes I know I've been trying to get it I've been a bit distracted actually because I've been trying to get it to to land on my look at slightly comes off my cheek look it's on my glasses there I think my glasses are part of my face I couldn't tell whether it was a fly to begin with and then I realized it came with the beret I mean obviously as as an audio device that this is not working very well I'm so sorry over podcast you can't see the hilarity which is the a little beret and, and oh I can't touch it though no you can't can you not really no. um <laughs> yes I've enjoyed having these and actually Zoom I loved has been it fine. Zoom has um, been fine thank you for tuning in visually if you are and yes I think you were owed a bit of a further explanation in case you came in late yeah um I also want to apologize for my yawning when people watch it visually because I do it so much and it's not because I'm bored by our conversation and all of you it's my weird anxiety thing that my body tries to take, give me more oxygen all the time. So I'm never bored of you all when that, when I do, I was just conscious of doing it loads today because I'm actually also tired today. <laughs> tired, bored, bored, and, and just done. <laughs> tired, bored, and anxious. The tagline of the pod. Oh, 
God. Yeah, maybe I should do that. Oh, you're making me yawn now. I know. Just by oh. t- talking about it, I didn't even give you a visual. No, not even. A, then. It wasn't no. even a, a, yeah, one of them. No. Oh, oh Hall. I know. Go, go and have a little nap. Yeah, let's go and have a little nap. Maybe have a, I'm going to uh, have a bacon sandwich for lunch. Mm. I promise it will be, well, I don't know. <laughs> it might be all right. This isn't bacon because I had some for a salad that we made yesterday. So I'm going to use the rest of it in a little, in a, in a little bap for lunch. Nice. And then I'm going to, oh, maybe before that I'll do my strength training actually. So it doesn't re reemerge. Um, and then I don't know, I'll email you, but oh. off pod, but I'm kind of tempted to take a bit of time in lieu this afternoon because it's so glorious. It is but very, very lovely. Yeah. It's so nice. But then that always feels like a thing you want to do. I'm really bad at this. It, I always feel like I want to sort of be out there in the sun when the sun is shining. But then you mm. get out there and it's a bit like, what do we do now? <laughs> it's lovely. Have but now nice I just lolly. want. Yeah, have a nice lolly, I suppose. Mm. I did have a cider in the sun yesterday and that was really nice. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect behavior. Yeah. Perfect behavior. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Come and join us on Patreon. You can get a ton of extra Pod Squad benefits from just £2 a month, including newsletters, live chats, and you can join our Pod Squad chat room too. Go to Patreon, that's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash women's running to find out more. This podcast was recorded over Zoom. The producer and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. Do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories as we would love to include them in a future podcast. Happy running. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.